The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Roberts, and as always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Roberts, and here on the Christmas Day edition of the Boneyard. Hope you guys have had a great day with family. Many of you are probably, uh, I don't know, maybe winding down, maybe you're a little bit um, calorie overloaded after Christmas dinner, maybe you're still weary of being Santa's helper last night. We don't have to do that here anymore. Uh, I can't say that I miss it, to be quite honest with you. I look so forward to it, but uh, you know how it is. You got to get everybody in the bed and got to stay up late. Then everybody gets up at uh, daybreak and you're sleep deprived. Try to get a nap in when you can. I am no longer about that life. Uh, I believe in uh, Amazon. It's true. You order that and ship it direct to your loved one. And uh, I'm getting revenge on my children now. And uh, the more grandchildren that I have, the more revenge I plan to uh, unleash. Because I'm going to send things that require a lot of assembly. And I'm going to sit back at my humble abode. I'm going to watch those videos. I'm going to watch those pictures. And I'm going to laugh and laugh and laugh. Think about all the times that I got, uh, you know, two hours into a thousand-piece assembly to discover that a piece was missing. I'm going to laugh and think about all the times that I stepped on a logo, or excuse me, a Lego that somebody left in the floor. And I'm going to uh, enjoy being an empty nester. It's true. We did have uh, Mia and Ian come out to the house. You know, Mia and Ian are both uh, still in Starkville. Ian, a, a freshman criminology major at Mississippi State. Mia enjoying a gap year. She'll take the LSAT here soon and then uh, pick out a law school and uh, begin to fight for your rights. So while they're here, you know, we had them in and we went and ate Chinese food. You know, my, uh, my parents have eaten Chinese food every day on Christmas since we stopped coming home. You know, because Santa Claus comes here. So uh, rather than her, you know, put, make a big meal and things like that, they just go out to eat. So we, you know, kind of honored their new tradition and uh, went and had some Chinese food today. It was fantastic. Had a good time with that. Anytime it's, you know, that's, that's the thing when your kids are in college, I almost have to plan a meal, you know, to see them, right? And so that's fine too. Saves uh, mom a little cook time. It's always nice to break bread with people. Saw some of you also enjoying Chinese food today. I don't know what your religious beliefs are, nor do I care. 
but I uh, hope that you have had a wonderful day today. It is interesting, too, with uh, Christmas Eve falling on Sunday. I decided to go sign some books yesterday, kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing. Signed a few books for people downtown. It was pretty quiet, like a ghost town downtown. There were about three stores open uh, downtown, but I don't think anybody knew. And outside of me putting a few things on social media, I don't know that anybody would have come in. But I uh, did some late shopping myself. Uh, the wife is happy. I will tell you this. Everybody always wants to know what you got. My favorite gift. Uh, had a great time in Ohio. Fabulous, fabulous, memorable time in Ohio, especially Wednesday night. Uh, but um, got a trip to Cabo San Lucas. And I've always wanted to go. I've always wanted to go. I want to go to the Cabo Wabo Cantina and enjoy some live music. Uh, from Sammy Hagar's people out there. Can't wait to go. Uh, so that's pretty cool. So that's my big gift. And it's amazing. And, I, and I'm ready to leave right now. Right, if she told me, let's pack the car and go to the airport and leave right now, I, I would do it. I, I would stop this show right here and now and head to Cabo San Lucas. So excited about that. Uh, I enjoy Mexican cuisine as well. But uh, I like picturesque sunsets. I like going to the beach. You know, I've got this uh, lighter Irish skin, Scottish skin, I guess you'd say. Uh, so i got to be careful when I go out there. But I'm eager to go and enjoy Cabo San Lucas uh, with the bride. So there we go. There we go. Let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company. They're happy to feed you. They know exactly what they're doing when it comes to feeding people. There are a lot of people out there that have a restaurant, but they don't present a great dining experience. And listen, that's nothing against anybody. It's just Bulldog Burger Company's doing it better than anybody else. Part of the Eat With Us group that has served the Golden Triangle low these many years. Go in there, put your feet under their table, get the spring rolls as your appetizer. They'll make you and everybody around you better looking. Have that great restaurant quality hamburger of your choice. If you're a newbie, get the Bulldog. Okay, just start there. And enjoy a great American rock and roll hamburger. Get the uh, spring rolls as your appetizer. We mentioned to make you and everybody else around you better looking. And recently, I've been on an onion rings kick. Their onion rings are great. Sometimes people ruin them. They're too greasy or they're overbreaded. Not the case at Bulldog Burger Company. They do it right. Get that chocolate shake to go. Perhaps that bread pudding. Because you're going to want a palate cleanser later. Not because the meal wasn't enjoyable, but you know how it is. You get a little sweet tooth late at night. Rather than having to go dig through the Oreos, you'll have a great restaurant-quality dessert available to you when you get that late-night craving. Three great locations to serve you. University Drive in Star Vegas, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, Lake Harbor Drive in the Ridge and Flowood area. Go by and let them know we sent you. You'll be glad you did. All right, we're not going to go to full 90 today because it is Christmas. But also, too, there's... Uh, there's not a lot going on. The first thing I want to do is just go ahead and preview the SEC Bowl games. A couple nights from now, today's Monday, and so Wednesday night you'll have Texas A&M against Oklahoma State. I don't know how you feel about this game. I like the pokes in this game. I don't know what's happening at Texas A&M. I don't know if the GAs are coaching. You know how it goes. I just don't think Texas A&M is going to be prepared for this ball game. And I think Oklahoma State will be. I know that Oklahoma State's also had a couple of guys hit the portal. But I think by and large, you know, there's continuity with the coaching staff. So we're going to go with the Cowboys. Clemson against Kentucky. 
You know, I'm not a big Kentucky fan. Maybe you are. Mike Nemeth, always, every year, Kentucky, and I love Mike to death, and we joke about this all the time. I always joke that he's such a, a, a Kentucky fan. But uh, I think Clemson will out-athlete Kentucky. I think Kentucky has also uh, probably seen the peak of the Mark Stoops era at Kentucky because of the new schedule rotation in the SEC that begins next year. You won't get the benefit of playing Vanderbilt and South Carolina and Missouri. Of course, Missouri's been much better this year. But Kentucky basically has been Mississippi State's contemporary, and we've played a more difficult schedule year in and year out. But some people in the SEC media like Kentucky is all always a year away from challenging Georgia, Florida, or whoever uh, for the SEC East Championship, which no longer exists. So Kentucky will, uh, will end that era without ever going to the championship game. I just think Clemson, to a man, is much more talented than Kentucky. The recruiting rankings support that line of thinking. Uh, so there we go. We'll take Clemson. Now, interesting game here, Missouri and Ohio State. You know, Kyle McCord, starting quarterback for the Buckeyes, is out. Recently committed to Syracuse. He was originally scheduled to take an official visit to Mississippi State, and then things didn't work out. And uh, I don't think it's a situation where he high-hatted us. Either you can make of that what you want. I think Missouri, with what they have coming back, with all the momentum that they have, I think they're a very difficult team to prepare for. I think Eli Drinkwitz is kind of feeling his oats right now. I think this could be one of those games that is kind of an era-defining moment for Missouri football I'm going to take the Tigers in the upset over Ohio State. Ohio State has a lot of dudes. You could say, Steve, you know, you said Clemson will out-athlete Kentucky. Ohio State should do the same to Missouri. I don't know that they can without McCord. So it'll be interesting. All right, Ole Miss and Penn State. A lot of talk about this one. Of course, Manny Diaz has left Penn State. We're going to talk a little bit about Manny later in the show. Penn State against Ole Miss, I think this is going to be a good game. You would think Ole Miss is going to be able to score, but Penn State defensively has been really good this year. Penn State offensively has been good this year. I'm going to take Penn State in a close one. I'm thinking 27-24, something like that. I really like Penn State. I like the fact James Franklin's had plenty of time to prepare. Uh, but I, listen, I won't be surprised if Ole Miss wins this football game. Ole Miss is a very good football team this year. They are. And uh, certainly taking some steps in the NCAA transfer portal to put themselves in a position to maintain, if not take a step forward next year. Some people are thinking, hey, they look like the team to beat. Look at that schedule, though. You know, you still got to play Georgia. Still got to go to LSU. You got to go to Swamp, but that's not what it once was. By the time Ole Miss gets there, they may even be fired. But uh, in this ball game, of course, I'm pulling for Penn State. As a matter of fact, there was a time in my life I may have been the only kid in Mississippi that had a Todd Blackledge jersey. I don't wear other schools' um, college gear these days unless uh, one of my kids is playing for them. But uh, as a kid, it was all Mississippi State stuff. And then uh, I want to say I had a Southern Miss t-shirt. But I had a Todd Blackledge jersey because Todd was my favorite player in college football for a while. And I've had a chance to have that discussion with him. I said, I think I was the only kid in Mississippi that had a Todd Blackwood jersey. I don't still have it, or I'd put it on and wear it on December 30th. It's five days from now. Is the Nittany Lions host Ole Miss. 
But while I may not have a jersey, my loyalty will be to the Nittany Lions. Auburn and Maryland, I think this could be a really, really interesting game. I think probably kind of a sneaky good. All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tacovis want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tacovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tacovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tacovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovis has first wear comforts. So no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tacovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members and you can see who's kind of coming and going. You got that immigrated camera too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You get keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? 
How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You got fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. Got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight, camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. Game. Because I think there's so many big games around this. Again, you mentioned you know, Missouri and Ohio State should be a very good game. Ole Miss, Penn State, Georgia, Florida State may not be. But there's some big name games coming up. I think Auburn and Maryland has the potential to be a very entertaining game. I'm actually taking Auburn in this thing. Not a Hugh Freeze fan. But I will tell you this, the guy knows how to coach offense. They figured some things out down the stretch. They should have beat Alabama. You could argue they should have beat Georgia this year. They had some other games out there you look at and say, holy smokes, man. But I think with plenty of time to prepare, I like Auburn in the game. I think Auburn wins a good one. I think it's going to be a very good game. Georgia and Florida State just got a whole lot less intriguing. Are you aware of this? You keep up with this at all? I already had Georgia, and Georgia might be Georgia might be the safest bet in the bowl game, in the entire bowl season. I think we all probably see it that way. Georgia, you wonder, like, well, you know, they're going to show up. You know, what's going to happen? Well, all of a sudden you find out that uh, quarterback Tate Rotomaker is now in the portal. He was the guy that took over after Jordan Travis had that gruesome injury. So now you're going to be starting QB3 against Georgia, a team that was number one in the country throughout the season, back-to-back national championships. This is a Georgia team that feels like, hey, you know, we may have got slided a little bit, but we're still Georgia. I I like Kirby Smart against Mike uh, Norvell any day, especially when Florida State was a third-team quarterback. That Georgia defense is ready to eat. And I don't think Florida State has the weapons to make this game competitive. I had Georgia in a blowout already. I think I think the fine folks at TCU may look at this and say, you know, maybe some other Mississippi State people, you know, <laughs> cutting videos and cutting promos about what is this? You know. Yeah, I, I got I like Georgia big in this game. Bit huge in this game. All right, Wisconsin at LSU. Now this is going to be an interesting game. Wisconsin didn't have a great year. LSU did. Even though LSU didn't make it to Atlanta, of course, he had the Heisman Trophy winner, Jaden Daniels, who has opted out of the bowl game and will now prepare. Now, the drop-off between the Heisman Trophy candidate and QB2 anywhere is going to be significant. However, LSU has played Nassmeyer some this year. Um, 
And it sounds kind of crazy, but I'm going to pick Wisconsin in the upset. I am. I think LSU is going to be a bit discombobulated. I think a lot of guys out there are going to be thinking about, hey, once this game is over, I got to go report to Florida, begin training for the combine, training for the draft. I got to get an advance on a check. I got to buy a car. I got to take care of this. Got to take some trips. I just think Wisconsin is a team that is not a great matchup for LSU. Even though LSU ought to be able to athlete them at some positions, I just think offensively that they will take a step back, and it has been a tremendous offensive year for the Tigers. But I'm going to go with the upset and take Wisconsin. Iowa and Tennessee. This, again, it's a New Year's Day game. This has the potential to be a very good game as well. Iowa, blue-collar, defensive team, and there's all this talk about Kirk Ferentz, you know, what are they going to do? Iowa's not going to be able to score. So in order for Iowa to win this game, Tennessee's got to help them, or Iowa's got to go out there and create some turnovers. And I just think man-to-man, they're just not going to be able to do that. I, I like Tennessee in this ball game. I think there are just too many weapons offensively for Josh Heupel's, uh, you know, ready, shall we say, his disposal. I think Tennessee wins the game, and I, I think it's probably a tussle for a half, but I think in the end, the athletes will win the game. And there's Alabama and Michigan. And I think everybody in college football, probably even a handful of Auburn fans, not many, but a handful of them, I think a lot of people are rooting for college football here, and you're rooting against Michigan. I am. I'm rooting against Michigan. I think this whole uh, sign-stealing thing is a joke. And some people would say, but Steve, sign stealing is part of the game. And it is. It is part of the game. But you don't send people to go video your opponents on the road and then go back and sequence that video with their calls to prepare. It's one thing to be in a dugout and you're watching a third base coach give signals and you figure out what the indicator is and say, hey, they're going here and you call a pitch out. All right, that's the game within the game. But when you make that whole sign-stealing thing part of your uh, your game planning, I think that's a bit much. And also, let's not forget, it is against the rules. So there's always that. But when you saw the way Alabama played against Georgia, you, if you're like me, I got to thinking, you know, Alabama's good enough to beat anybody. They are. So that's how I see it. Again, I don't think it's going to be a great bowl season for the SEC. I think it's going to be a good one, but not a great one. I got Oklahoma State, Clemson, Missouri, Penn State, Auburn, Georgia, big, Wisconsin, Tennessee, Alabama. That's how I see it playing out. And, of course, Alabama will go on and play in the uh, the NAFL championship game, uh, which will be awfully interesting as well. But uh, I don't know how you feel about the schedule this year. I don't know what you have uh, planned. But uh, I think there's going to be some really good bowl games. But it's one of those things, too, you think about. There's a lot of people out there that are spending NIL money to prevent guys from opting out. It's like, hey, if you play in the game, we'll give you ten grand. Okay, I'll play, right? And there are other people out there that say, hey, it's a meaningless bowl game. You shouldn't play. I don't think any of these games are meaningless. If any of these games are meaningless, then all these games are meaningless. It's just entertainment, right? But at the end of the day, there's some players out there that are already thinking about their own futures, and it's it's a rare situation that a guy gets injured in a bowl game and it, it costs them big money in the draft. There are some there are some examples. I mean, it's not a risk free environment by any stretch of the imagination. 
but I do enjoy bowl season, and we always have this annual discussion. There's too many bowl games. No, there's not. <clears throat> college football is fun. It's fun. And I enjoy watching college football, especially when we don't have to cover a game. And I love being able to do bowl season for us. Don't get me wrong. But I like the fact that, hey, we, we can go a stretch there and get college football on our TV every single night. And you watch matchups you don't ordinarily get to see. And you say, but Steve, the games have kind of lost their luster a little bit with so many guys opting out. That's true, but it's still, it's still something cool to watch. And there's only so many cool things on Netflix. And football season will be over with here uh, in, just here in a couple weeks. Right, and you can go watch whatever you want to watch. But let's let's enjoy the bowl season. There was a time that very deserving bowl teams didn't get an opportunity to play. And right now, you say, but Steve, there's some teams that probably don't deserve it. There's only one what one five and seven team that made it this year. But if college football is fun, and I, I'm for the bowl games, I think you can incorporate them as part of the playoff structure. I don't think it's a problem at all. And it's so funny, people are like, well, you know, these games are meaningless. You think that game against Southeastern Louisiana was significant? You know, you think, you know, Ole Miss playing Bowling Green or somebody like that is significant? It's not. Every one of these games at the end of the day is just about entertainment value. For us, anyway. So we get more entertainment. And uh, you wish the best for all involved. But uh, here's the deal, too. Reminder, we don't make any more money, no matter who wins these games. We make more money if Alabama makes a national championship game. See, that's probably the only game you should be rooting for. But it's not a purse. It's a payout. Because I see it every year. People say, hey, it's more money for us if the SEC teams win. No, it's not. No, it's not. I don't know who told you that. I don't know how in your own convoluted way of thinking you arrived at that conclusion. That's not the case. The payout is the same. We're going to get the same amount of money no matter who wins, except if a team advances in the playoffs to the next round. Of course, there is a payout for that game as well, which puts more money in the coffers of Mississippi State. That's how I see it. You may see it different, and that's okay. Let's thank our friend Blair Chandler. I close with Blair.com. Blair is a hero to many. Blair is one of those kinds of guys that is, it's important to know. It's important to know Blair because your mortgage is important. There are a lot of people out there vying for your business. Blair Chandler's doing what he can to earn it. 22 years of experience, back-to-back-to-back, top 1% close ratios in the country. Recently made the move to Fairway Mortgage, and that's what happens. You know, went coffee for closers. They got a brand-new coffee pot over at Fairway Mortgage just because Blair showed up. Give him a call or text today at 601-500-2344. Again, 601-500-2344. Hey, let me, let me plant a little seed here with you. Maybe you are a person that's got a big family. And maybe you've got a little disposable income. I, I don't know your situation. But let's say, hey, you know, Steve, uh, you know, we got three kids. They're going to be going to Mississippi State over the course of the next 10 years. What if you did this? Rather than go rent an apartment, what if you bought a condo? And then you let your kids stay there until everybody graduates and, and they just kind of cycle in and out. And then when they're done, rather than you just uh, walking away having paid 10 years worth of rent, maybe you sell that condo and recoup your investment. How does that sound? Blair can walk you through that process. And maybe that's never even occurred to you. It's like, oh, we got to be in the dorm. We got to get an apartment. Because I'm going to tell you this every kid in a dorm wants to have an apartment, they do. Not to mention, you may need somewhere to stay when you come up here. So rather than having to pay all these hotel bills and things like that, you can stay at your condo with which your kid is living while they're attending Mississippi State. 
Hit up Blair Chandler for more information about how you can make that happen for yourself. All right, top 10 today. I've been on a Ronnie James Dio kick as of late, so we're going to do Ronnie covers of Ronnie James Dio songs. Now, all of these songs are coming off of the tribute album, This Is Your Life, the Ronnie, D- Ronnie James Dio tribute album. So if you like these tracks, maybe just go download that album. But uh, there's a lot of good tracks on there. I, I picked my top 10. There are 15 uh, that I think are super cool. Now, we also added a bonus to our list. There is one Dio song performed by Ronnie himself, and it's This Is Your Life. That will appear on your Spotify playlist as a bonus track. It is an amazing song. It is a song of inspiration and of empowerment. Ronnie James Dio is a guy, too, that uh, his career started like in the 50s. And he made it through the hippie era and all that stuff and the Haight-Ashbury stuff and then became one of the most recognizable, most respected voices in all of hard rock music. And I hate to call him metal. Many people do. But I think Ronnie is just a rock and roll guy, or he was. And uh, God rest his soul. But uh, it's interesting to me. Ronnie James Dio is kind of the musician's musician. And uh, they went out, you know, of course, when he was with the band Elf, First, they were the Electric Elves, and then they shortened it to Elves, and they just released an album called Elf, and they opened a lot for Deep Purple, and then Richie Blackmore had met Ronnie James Dio, and uh, Richie was going to do a solo album, and then ultimately that became Rainbow. At first, it was Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, then it was Rainbow, and for three albums, Ronnie James Dio was a part of that. And then he, then Ronnie James Dio replaced Ozzy Osbourne in Black Sabbath. Yeah. Then he leaves, right, and then starts Dio, and then returns and says, hey, you know, you guys have reunited with Ozzy, so we can't call it Black Sabbath, we'll call it Heaven and Hell, which was the first album uh, with uh, Ronnie James Dio and Black Sabbath. So a little bit of a history lesson there for you, but Ronnie James Dio, again, one of the legends in hard rock music. So here we go, the top 10 covers of Ronnie James Dio songs. Some of these are from Rainbow, some are from uh, Dio himself or Black Sabbath. So here we go. Number 10, it's Tenacious D. Did you think Jack Black was going to be on the countdown today? Well, he is. Tenacious D did a cover of The Last in Line. And, uh, of course, it's a little bit over the top. It always is with Jack Black. But uh, you guys know the School of Rock. Uh, And Ronnie James Dio actually appeared in the movie The Pick of Destiny. Yeah, Ronnie's the real deal. Number nine, great, great song. I've said before I like this song played at, at my funeral and it's covered by Glenn Hughes. Of course, Glenn Hughes, a, a legendary journeyman. Spent some time with Deep Purple, of course. Uh, also with uh, David Coverdale in the David Coverdale years. And then uh, Kill Double Hill. There's just a lot of stuff with Glenn. A lot of discussion that he's going to hang it up soon. But uh, it's a cover of Catch the Rainbow. It's an absolutely beautiful song. I like the delivery on this. I think it's one of those songs, too, vocally, that really, really... Speaks well to Ronnie James Dio's wheelhouse, uh, but the gentleman that was a part of this that, that covered this thing, uh, Craig Goldie, phenomenal, phenomenal. All right, number eight, one of the founders of the faith, it's uh, Rob Halford from Judas Priest, and he picked my favorite Rainbow song. And there, listen, guys, there is a YouTube version, a live performance of Rainbow performing this song, "Man of the Sil- on the Silver Mountain." which is the best Rainbow song, may be the best song that Ronnie James Dio ever performed in his career, regardless of the band he was with. 
Rob Halford, again, a little bit, I hate to say it, but Rob's a little bit over the hill. The vocal on this is a little bit, a little bit shaky. Uh, the performance itself is great. Now, when we get into the chorus, Rob kind of gets a little bit uh, in a higher register, kind of that trademark Rob Halford squeal, you know. Uh, so that's one of the reasons it's not higher on the list. I think the vocal is good, not great. All right, number seven, really, really cool medley here. It's called the Ronnie Rising Medley, performed by one of America's greatest contributions to rock and roll of all time, Metallica. We talk about Metallica a lot on the show, and here they are paying homage to uh, Ronnie James Dio. It's great. It's a, uh, I think, three, four, three or four song medley. And it's done in the Metallica style, right? I mean, it's not just them, you know, mimicking and trying to, uh, you know, follow in what Ronnie James Dio did. They, they take his amazing tracks and kind of make them their own. All right, number six, a little more modern uh, take on a Dio classic. It's Corey Taylor. You know Corey? Yeah, we've talked about him on the show many times. Corey Taylor, the lead singer in Slipknot and Stone Sour. Great rendition of Rainbow in the Dark. And I think... I think the music on this is just phenomenal. It might be better than the original, honestly. Not not the song itself, not the vocal itself, but the instrumentation on this, phenomenal. Number five, one of the greatest rock bands of my life that have come across the pond. Uh, and maybe that's a little bit, bit of a stretch, the pond itself. They came from Europe, and it's the Scorps. We all love the Scorpions, and if you don't love the Scorpions, I submit to you, you don't love rock and roll. Great Great cover of an amazing song, The Temple of the King. Maybe not as well-known as many of the other Ronnie James Dio tracks, but Klaus does a great job on the vocal. The guy's backing him up. He's phenomenal. Really, really true to the original, but a little bit of a modern twist on it. And uh, the fact that it's Scorps still out there doing a great job is amazing. Another more modern entry on this is number four. Uh, many of you became fans of this band and this female singer, because of the show. I had so many people the very first time that I did a Hellstorm list on this show. And I told you guys I thought she's the best female rock vocalist of my lifetime. That includes Joan Jett. That includes Lita Ford. The Runaways. Everybody involved. Everybody. The, Lizzie Hale may be the best rock singer since Janis Joplin. And I'm not overselling that. You can listen to it for yourself. She's got a little grit in her voice. Got a great range. Incredible guitarist. They covered... Straight Through the Heart, another great track. And again, was a minor hit, maybe maybe not on the greatest hits. And that tells me that Lizzie Hale and AJ and those guys in Hellstorm are fans of the band. Like, hey, let's go do this track. We love this track. And uh, Lizzie absolutely nails the vocal. Number three, I'm a big Mike Portnoy fan. And uh, Mike, of course, is reunited with Dream Theater. This will be the last lineup change for them. And uh, they'll sail off into the sunset. Of course, uh, you know, Portnoy and his dad really founded that band. Al Petrilli was in that band, of course, initially, uh, former Alice Cooper guitar player. But uh, when Mike was basically out there as a drummer for hire, you know, we did the album with the Vince Sevenfold, Nightmare. Uh, that was uh, after the Rev had kind of written everything, and Mike just went in the studio and played it. And they thought he was going to be in the band for a while. Just was a one-off deal for him. And, of course, he's done some great things with the Winery Dogs. But um, there was another project he did I thought was super cool. It's the Adrenaline Mob. 
And the very first song that they played live is uh, the title track of the second Black Sabbath album with Ronnie James Dio on vocal. It's The Mob Rules. And uh, if you don't know that track, you should. There are a lot of people that kind of got off the Black Sabbath bandwagon when Ozzy left, and it's kind of went with Ozzy. But the quality of work in those three albums for Black Sabbath with Geezer Butler and, and uh, Tony Iommi and, and uh, Carmen Apice, or Vinnie Apice, um, and then Ronnie is phenomenal. It really is, to quote Ben Howland. All right, number two. Now, I got a couple songs I'm working on myself. And uh, if we can replicate the punch on this one, uh, I think it'll be great. No matter whatever happens with it, even if it never gets released. But uh, composition's always a bit of a challenge for me. But I love the guitar tone on this. I like the punch. The bass line on this is absolutely filthy. And uh, Ani Logan, of course, Mulder Sons, named after him. But it's the great track, I. I. And it's Ani Logan and uh, Jimmy Bain. Rowan Robertson also was uh, the guitar player on Dio's Lock Up the Wolves album. It's great. Brian Tishy, of course, on the drums there. But uh, great group for sure. And the number one, though, got to be the number one cover of a Dio song, whether it be a rainbow track or Dio or Black Sabbath or Heaven and Hell or Elves or whatever. It's got to be Kill Switch Engages Holy Diver. And uh, I've read an interview recently. They were approached about, you know, there was, they're putting this compilation album together about modern rock bands covering classic metal songs. And as soon as they were approached, they said, well, it's got to be something with Dio. And, of course, they went with Holy Diver, which is probably the signature song of the Ronnie James Dio catalog. Uh, their take on it is absolutely amazing. I think it also turned a lot of people on to Dio in this younger generation. Like, dude, is this an original? No, it's a cover. Well, who did it first? Uh, Ronnie James Dio, even in the height of the 80s metal craze, Ronnie didn't get enough respect. I think a lot of people saw Ronnie as, number one, Ronnie was an older guy, right? Because, again, his career started in 57. So he had been at this for, you know, 30 years by the time Whitesnake hit the, uh, hit the airwaves at MTV. I think people just didn't identify. Of course, he wasn't some pretty boy out there wearing a bunch of Revlon and Maybelline, things like that, and dancing around in sequin pants. And uh, he wrote a lot about dreams and a lot about, uh, you know, mystery and kingdoms and things of that nature. And so I think a lot of people were a little reluctant to, to kind of latch on to that because they were thinking, well, you know, this Ronnie James Dio guy's at the end of his career, but, you know, Cinderella's brand new, you know, so I'll just jump aboard with that. Uh, but yeah, even in the height of the, the the metal craze of the 80s, I think Ronnie was probably a little bit underappreciated. And then we lose him and people are like, oh man, really? And you look at over the history of his career and this expansive catalog and you're like, this guy has worked with some of the most amazing people in rock music history. It's amazing. It is. And uh, anytime that we can shine a light on the work of Ronnie James Dio on our show, we want to do it. So be sure and check it out. That's some covers. You guys like covers and uh, many of you love Ronnie James Dio, my friend Jeff Murrah out of Jackson, whenever uh, I did a Ronnie James Dio top 10 a while back, he said, man, I love it. It's Dio. Nobody talks about Ronnie James Dio, and that's a shame. I mean, it really is. And I encourage you, if you're really wanting to get back into some real rock and roll that really wasn't maybe reliant on the genre itself, you know, Dio didn't kind of ride the trends. And a lot of that music still holds up today. It really does. I mean, you put on that Greatest Hits album, The Beast of Dio, and just kind of let it go. 
And you can go from, you know, We Rock to Last in Line. There's so many great tracks on there. Mystery's one of my favorite ones. Uh, so yeah, celebrate the music of Vernon James Dio. You'll be glad you did. And uh, for any of you young bucks out there, I can tell you, you want to be cooler than your old man? Yeah, order your Ronnie James Dio shirt and get to know this catalog and then walk around in your living room like, yeah, Dad, when you were listening to uh, the new kids on the block, instead of some real rock, I would have been listening to Ronnie James Dio. Yeah, super cool. All right, next segment show brought to you by Campus Bookmart, a Starkvillian institution. I love Campus Bookmart. You will too, if you don't already. Uh, did a book signing with them uh, a week ago Saturday. It was great. Pretty steady day. A lot of people coming in, uh, doing some last-minute Christmas shopping. Christmas is over, and it's a good chance you didn't get what you wanted. I mean, let's just call, kind of call it for what it is. We're not going to be ungrateful about it. We're not going to pout. We're not going to sit around and say, but I really wanted this. Go to campusbookmart.net and buy it anyway. You don't have to whine about it. Just be about it. Lot. Log on today, go to campusbookmart.net, download whatever you want into your cart, and you get that credit card and hit send. Boom. You got it done. You and I both know you saved a little money from that Christmas bonus. You didn't spend it all. Treat yourself to something great. Absolutely great. Matter of fact, I bought the the wife a really nice kind of weathered look hoodie. She loves that. She loves the hoodies. She does. And so I got her one of those for Christmas, and I was really excited about that, and she was too. And she talked about how, how quality it is and how soft it is. And um, so you deserve to buy something for yourself. You've bought for everybody else. And you know as well as I do, Dad, that, uh, you know, you got some socks thrown at you that, that they barely even wrapped. Somebody threw a belt at you or just kind of, you know, left a tie on your bed or something. You don't get celebrated at Christmas. You don't. It's true. But again, rather than pal, let's empower ourselves through the, the glory of Al Gore's internet and go order yourself something today from Campus Bookmart. All right? Cool. And uh, we'll save you a little money, too. Use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. That'll get you free shipping on all orders over 75 bucks. Any order less than 75 bones, absolutely incomplete. All right, let's talk a little bit about coaching changes. You know, it's one of those things when we're so caught up in what we're doing, because many of us live in the big maroon bubble. Listen, I'll be honest with you. There are some other guys on the beat. They'll say, hey, you know, what do you think about this? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about because I'm just kind of ingrained in the big maroon bubble. And I'm very respectful of those people that, uh, you know, and maybe it's because I write so much, but there are a lot of people out there that are a lot more aware of kind of what's happening uh, outside of the Mississippi State Circle. And so maybe you're like me, so let me catch you up a little bit. As you guys know, Mike Alco uh, left Duke to go to Texas A&M. What's amazing about that is as soon as it was announced that Jimbo Fisher was out, everybody said, okay, Mike Alco is going to be the dude. And then, like, all of a sudden, it all just kind of faded away. Like, oh, well, that, you know, it's not going to be Elko. And then Elko is then connected with the Mississippi State job for about 15 minutes, Right. Well, ultimately, they go get Mike Elko. And this is after the flirtation with Mark Stoops. And there were so many people uh, that have shared with me, people in the know, that said this Mark Stoops thing was done to A&M. It was done. And then it was basically a revolt. And uh, things fell apart. And so then there was discussion about promoting the, the interim, you know, which is what we just did. Let's, say, let, let's promote the interim. Your Texas A&M, you don't go spend, what, $100 million of your employer's money to go promote the interim. 
And again, it kind of shows to me that they were caught kind of flat-footed in this deal. It's true. I mean, if you're going to make that decision before the end of the year, you need to have somebody lined up, especially for Texas A&M. You know, it's a pretty rare thing for Mississippi State to fire a guy in season. And I did the research on that. The last Mississippi State coach to not finish the year was 1937, Major Raf Sassy. But A&M, it's a much different scenario. I mean, you, you pride yourselves on being a blue blood. You're, you're throwing these crazy contract numbers around. And then you have to circle back to Mike Elko. It tells me they didn't have a plan and they didn't have very good execution of that plan. Uh, but now Elko, now at A&M. And um, interesting, right? Uh, you guys know Jonathan Smith, of course, left Oregon State for, for Michigan State. Uh, everybody knew Jonathan Smith was on the move. It was just going to be a matter of where he landed. Jeff Levy, of course, comes to Mississippi State. No big surprise there. Everybody knows that. Uh, some people out there are kind of like, well, I don't know about this. Guys, I'm going to say I think Levy's going to do well. I think it may take a year or two, and I'm going to encourage you to be patient. You know, I've done some research here in the last few days, um, you know, preparing for the Duty Noble book because I plan to start writing that next month at some point. i got a couple more interviews to do. But I've done a ton of research, and one of the things that I have noticed is that it's not just the malcontent on the message board that is uh, – that has had these issues with coaching. Guys, I have gone back, and it is incredible the amount of interference that we have had over the years. Uh, Not just you, not just your dad, but your granddad, your great-granddad. Everybody has a strong opinion. You know, before we had message boards, you know, we had these alumni groups, and everybody would get together and gripe and complain, and we're going to send a a vote of non-confidence to the university like that meant anything. Uh, But it's so interesting you know, there have been so many times at Mississippi State we have not been able to get out of our own way because we can't agree on what's best. And that's why I think this is so important. We all need to unite behind Jeff Levy. And even if you're on the fence, I'm just going to ask you to kind of hope and expect the best. I think Jeff's going to do well. It may take a couple years, you know, especially when you look at what's happened on defense. I mean, it's not like that we went out there and hired a proven defensive coordinator. It's not like we've got a veteran defense coming back. We're having to piece this whole thing together. So next year, it may be a shootout-type year. I think Levy's up for that. But all that I understood, if we don't set the woods on fire, we're not making a coaching change. And we don't need to get out there and advocate for a coaching change. We need to get behind Jeff Levy, everybody involved, and say, you know what, this is what's best for Mississippi State. We've had four head coaches, counting Greg Knox, in 13 months. 13 months. We need some stability within the program. We need everybody to unite behind Jeff Levy. I'm not asking, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think that it's going to be great. We're going to be going to Atlanta in three years. I'm not telling you that. But I'm telling you what's best for Mississippi State is for everybody to be on the same page. Uh, you know, Dave Braun, of course, was the guy. There was a lot of discussion before that Willie Fritz may take the Northwestern job, but the Northwestern elects to pr- promote David Braun. They take the interim tag off of him. And what's interesting, with about two weeks to go in the season, I was told it wasn't going to happen. Well, then the next thing you know, they get some things going and they, they like to keep him. Now, I understand, you know, you know the, uh, the fans were uh, the fans and the players are both uh, in favor of that. So that's always a great thing. Uh, Kurt Signetti from James Madison, he was the guy that was mentioned in connection with our job again for about 15 minutes. Now, to be honest with you, I think his actual candidacy uh, exceeded that of Jamie Chadwell. 
but I digress. But Signetti, of course, great year, James Madison. I think this is a really smart hire by Indiana. Tom Allen, of course, is fired, and I had some people close to Tom tell me he was crushed, really thought they'd get another year. But Signetti done some incredible things at James Madison. I was told in the beginning, you know, he's an East Coast guy, would probably take a job and watch him at Syracuse. That didn't work out. And he ends up going to Indiana. I think it's a really good hire. Of course, Syracuse hires uh, Fran Brown, uh, Georgia DB's coach, in favor of Dino Babers. I remember Dino Babers, too. There were so many people when uh, uh, years ago who were forecasting Dino Babers to take other jobs, and he wasn't even a candidate for it. Uh, Manny Diaz, former Bulldog defensive coordinator Manny Diaz, now the head man at Duke, replacing Mike Elko. And uh, Manny kind of got thrust into the head coaching job at Miami, I think, before he was ready. And, and many of our people were kind of giving up on him. And it's so interesting, too, that there were some people suggesting that we were going to hire either Jeff Collins or Manny Diaz to be the defensive coordinator at Mississippi State. Uh, I can tell you neither of those things were true. But I am very proud for Manny. I think Manny will do pretty well there. Now, it's going to be about expectations. I mean, if they're expecting to go out there and win the ACC and be contenders for that, then Manny's not going to make it, neither are they. But can Manny keep them in bowl games? Yeah, I think so. Will Manny make it difficult, you know, as a defensive coach on uh, opponents? I think so. But, uh, you know, the big part there is going to be putting an offense together. Always, always, always interesting. Willie Fritz, our friend at Tulane, was a candidate and a finalist for the Mississippi State job. And maybe finalist is going a bit far, but he was probably in the last four or five names. He did get an uh, in-person interview. And uh, I was told back then that if Houston came open to really – Kansas or Houston came open to watch him there. Uh, I can tell you Mississippi State did not offer the job to Willie Fritz. I think Willie got what he wanted by getting the job at Houston. His daughter is there. Um, and uh, she was in broadcasting there for a while. Now she's a teacher. So that, I think things worked out probably about as well as expected. And I was told uh, when Willie was always a candidate for our job that uh, this will be his last stop for sure, but no matter where it is. Of course, he replaces Dana Holgerson. And, uh, no big surprise there. You know, we were forecasting that over Gene's page, and not that we were alone, that uh, Holgerson would not be brought back. And, of course, he's from the Leech Tree, so those guys are always uh, you know, kind of talking and explaining themselves you know, kind of what to be expected. Another uh, coach with some SEC ties, as you guys know, Derek Mason, former coach at Vanderbilt, now headed to Middle Tennessee State. Rick Stocksville got fired. And a lot of people, you know, were surprised by that. I mean, Rick had been there forever in a day. They decided they needed to make a change and bring in Derek Mason. Uh, Derek is a guy that really struggled at Vanderbilt, as you guys know. Those last couple of years were absolutely abysmal. They'll be good defensively in their league, but can he recruit to middle? Couldn't recruit to Vanderbilt, even with the, uh, you know, with the academic advantages there. But uh, maybe as a G5 coach, Derek could do a good job there. So we wish him the best there, for sure. Uh, John Summerall was a finalist for the Mississippi State job uh, out of Troy. Not many of you were supportive of that. I think uh, Summerall would have done a good job here, but it would all have been, a, been about the offensive coordinator, right? And uh, I think at Mississippi State, we need an offensive-minded coach. That's my personal opinion I think you got to be a little bit different. You got to be able to go out there, put points on the board. We had to score, Mississippi State. And this state produces enough defensive talent, so we should always be at least average on defense. But uh, Summerall, two great years there at Troy, replaces Willie Fritz. I think that is a great hire for Tulane. I think John Summerall is a guy that probably in about three years will be mentioned in connection with uh, several Power Five opportunities. 
And then, of course, uh, Gerard Parker replaces him there at, uh, at Troy. So uh, it's interesting, too, when you look around the league, it's like, hey, what do you expect next year? Well, I mean, I think, when, I think if we're honest with ourselves and, and you look at the SEC standings, you know, Arkansas is probably, you know, they elected to keep Sam Pittman. And, and it's interesting people said it was more of a financial decision. When have you ever heard of Arkansas having financial issues? You know, I, I think they probably could have raised the money, but I had a lot of people telling me that uh, there were a lot of people involved with Arkansas football that wanted Sam to make it. And I get that. But now what are you going to do without Rocket? What are you going to do without KJ? You know, I think it's kind of like the whole uh, Jeremy Foley thing. You know, what, what has to be done tomorrow may as well be done today. If it has to be done inevitably, it's got to be done now. There's no point putting it off. And I think that's one of the things that uh, Hunter Yurchak did is just kind of kick the can down the road. And, and uh, I think Arkansas is going to be in some trouble next year. And then, of course, you got the whole situation in Florida. And what would that mean you know, for a guy like Lane Kiffin, right? I mean, we always talk about I think Lane is there until he's done. That's my personal opinion, until they fire him uh, or until he retires. That's how I see it. Uh, but I think they're going to have to pay to keep him. And I think Florida is perhaps a possibility of a team that – that might make a swing at him. And you start working through this whole thing with Scott Strickland, who, you know, Scott's our friend. But if Napier doesn't make it, I mean, do you get three bites at the apple on the football side of things? I don't know that you do. You may get two. I don't know that you get three. And so the Dan Mullen thing, and Dan did some good things. He got him back to Atlanta, had him in New Year's Six Bowl games, and then all of a sudden he's fired. Then you bring in Billy Napier, who has struggled mightily, So who makes that higher? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I think that uh, Florida probably comes open next year. It's a bad contract. It really is. I mean, you take a guy from the G5 and you basically put all the bargaining power into his hands. And so he's kind of stuck there, you know. Um, and I, I was, I'm, I'll be surprised if uh, Billy's back, but I'm surprised he didn't do better. I really am. I really thought they would do better. At Florida, with the resources they have available, and then you see all these defections late in the recruiting process. It's not good. And then you go out there and you have the Gator Collective out there, you know, helping you in recruiting. And basically all they did was kind of set the floor for negotiations because late they had some, some people come in and kind of beat them up on a recruiting trail. We all saw it. We all saw it. That's a big surprise. And then, of course, there's Vanderbilt with Clark Lee. You know, I mean, do they really care about football there? No, they don't even care about baseball either. They don't come to the games. It's just kind of something that they do. But Clark Lee is one of their own. You got to wonder, I mean, how how many years will they give him? And it looks like another lean year next year. You lose a quarterback again for back-to-back years. So what does that mean? South Carolina, Shane Beamer. You know, there's a lot of discussion about, uh, you know, some people behind the scenes trying to get Ray Tanner out of there. They get rid of Ray, bring in a new AD. They're going to want to hire their own coach, you know. And uh, that's one of the things that was – when somebody pitched this whole idea to me about Beamer Mississippi State, so it makes sense that Shane's – Shane wasn't the guy. And he comes in, does some good things, and then now all of a sudden, you know, things are not quite as you want them to be. You know, Shane could make a move and then kind of reset the clock and get a, you know, a fresh opportunity somewhere. And so he was kind of, hey, listen to what Mississippi State's having to say. And then ultimately he uh, stays in South Carolina. 
And uh, I wish Shane the best, man. Shane is, uh, is a guy that uh, has been tremendous over the years. And when he was an assistant coach here at Mississippi State, uh, he treated me exceptionally well. And uh, so I think a lot of Shane, but uh, I think Shane's probably got some trouble next year. Uh, so, yeah, so while it was a relatively quiet coaching carousel cycle this year in the SEC, I think next year it won't be. You had A&M come open. You had Mississippi State come open. Uh, but outside of that, it was fairly quiet. You know, a lot of murmuring out there about Sam Pittman. And, of course, some people try to suggest that Lane Kiffin may go to US or UCLA if that job opened up. I just don't see that happening. I, I don't. I think if Lane Kiffin leaves Ole Miss, it's going to be for somewhere close to the, uh, the water, somewhere close to Florida. Just uh, my personal take. But, again, I don't think it's going to happen. I know every time people love to kind of stir that stuff up. But I, I just don't, I don't see it happening. Uh, but I do think the hiring at Florida next year will be interesting. They've got to hit a home run. And let's be fair about it, right? When you look at the Lane Kiffin thing, you know, hey, the guy's riding high right now. They've, they've won 10 regular season games two out of the last three years. First time in school history that's ever happened. It's true. So, yeah, he would be an obvious candidate for that job. I just don't know if he would take it. I don't know that, that, that they would offer it to him. Uh, but that's something to watch. But I do think next year will be an interesting year in the league – I think you're going to see a handful of jobs come open, and I think we're going to be glad that we uh, made a hire when we did. I didn't think it was an especially special uh, pool of candidates, not just for us, but around the country. Let's just kind of call it for what that is. I think there were a lot of people out there that there wasn't the big power move, right? There wasn't that big move you went out there and somebody just hired away this guy. I mean, yeah, or Jonathan Smith leaves Oregon State. That's a power five school for another. But it's not like, you know, when LSU hired Brian Kelly. Or when Texas A&M hired Jimbo Fisher, you know, not too far removed from a national championship. And so there wasn't that big power move this year. I think there will be next year. I think it's important to watch. All right, final segment of show brought to you by the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Just Google Stark Vegas Clubhouse and you can peruse their Facebook page and see all the great amenities that are available to you at the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. If you're bringing a large group to Starkville, whether it be for work, whether it be for pleasure, ball games, whatever, I don't know what your plans are. Rather than go out and rent five hotel rooms, book the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Everybody can then reside under one roof. You can go out, buy some groceries. they got a full-service kitchen there. they got the wet bars. If you are interested in some adult beverages, you can take care of that there as well. And how great would it be just to have everybody together? Watch some football, watch some basketball, whatever you'd like. Five minutes away from the Mississippi State campus, it's a renovated old uh, golf course, clubhouse, right? Uh, so be sure and go check it out next time you're in town. And if you book through the Evolve website, we can save you a little money. Go to the Evolve website. When you Google, it'll come up. Book through Evolve and use promo code BSR10. That gets you 10% off your stay. 10% just by listening to our show. Be sure and check it out today. The Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Fantastic place, that great fire pit. It, uh, it's so wonderful. And, uh, you know, mom can make the cinnamon rolls for everybody that morning, have breakfast there together. Everybody can wander around in their PJs. You can't do that at a hotel. And if you, if you do, you probably should be arrested. That's the Stark Vegas Clubhouse, just up the road from Duty Noble Field, Davis Wade Stadium, and Humphrey Coliseum. All right, uh, big news out of the portal here recently. Maybe you've heard. That uh, Stone Blanton, former South Carolina linebacker, 
in the portal. Hearing Mississippi State is a very good possibility. That's something to be mindful of. Uh, Stone was the guy that nearly picked Mississippi State. Uh, didn't pick South Carolina. A lot of people are upset about that and disappointed. It's part of the world we live in. And as soon as it was mentioned that uh, he may have the opportunity to come back, some people were like, wait, wait a minute. Guys, listen. We need depth at linebacker. Stone Blanton's a guy that grew up a bulldog. Let's welcome him back with open arms if he likes to come here. Uh, I think he's a guy that would do a great job for Mississippi State, uh, especially when you consider who we're losing the production we're having to replicate. Uh, you go out and you sign Marcus Ross, uh, the junior college linebacker. Uh, you, know, you go out and get a few other guys out there, and, and we'll be busy in the portal as well. But, uh, you know, Stone Blanton makes us a better football team next year. So that's just kind of something to watch. As it stands right now, State has 14 outgoing transfers. Some of them have already made decisions. Now, 14 of those guys uh, are important to note. However, a couple of those guys, uh, or one of those guys, is a walk-on. Uh, Jacarius Clayton uh, out of Tupelo is a guy that recently entered the portal. I liked him on the offensive line. Of course, uh, he wanted to play defensive line. We gave him the opportunity to do that. And as soon as he got here, we moved him to tight end because we were changing the offensive scheme. I still think he would be a really good offensive lineman. Uh, but, you know, we'll see where he lands. Jamari Brown, of course, was a late addition to the Mississippi State roster out of Purdue. We knew that he was a depth piece rather than a difference maker. It just didn't work out. Uh, played sparingly for us. Again, we wish him the best and appreciate his contributions to Mississippi State. Uh, DeCamry guy and Richardson, as you guys know, uh, announced for Ole Miss recently. And that's one of those things that uh, will definitely get the ire of the fan base up. Uh, DeCam was the guy that basically told us, I'm not leaving this place unless I go pro. And apparently didn't get the feedback he wanted from the draft. I think him going pro this year would have been a mistake. We certainly expected him to be back. And I believe he is our would have been our top returning defensive player. And now he's headed up the road. Uh, Woody Marks, a surprise entrant into the portal. Uh, Woody's a warrior. Got played banged up for us a lot. And did everything he could to help Mississippi State. Wrote his name all over the Bulldog record books. He's now headed to USC. Uh, best of luck to Woody Marks. He'll be joined out there by DeCarlos Nicholson. A lot of people thought when he went in the portal, he may withdraw. If he didn't withdraw, he may end up in a G5 program like Southern Miss or Memphis. Now he's getting the opportunity to play at uh, USC. And if you don't think that the connections with Dave Emmerich and Brittany Thackeray at SC are a part of this, uh, you're kidding yourself. These guys go in the portal. They're looking for places to play. They have people that can advocate on their behalf. Uh, that's the situation there. And, uh, again, wish those guys the best. Was DeCarlos going to be a star for us? No. But he was an interesting piece, and we certainly needed to have him back. Even as a two-deeper, that uh, would have been a good opportunity for us. Xavion uh, Thomas commits to LSU. That deal was done before he even went in the portal, as everybody knows. No real surprise there. Uh, Carson Allen, a walk-on, is now in the portal looking for a scholarship opportunity. Stephen Lasoya, a native of Tennessee. You know, he was in Middle Tennessee, transferred here, spent a couple of years with us. We wanted him back, expected him back. Uh, now he is now headed to Vanderbilt. Uh, Ryland Godet, he and his wife made the move to Starkville and uh, played significant for minutes for Mississippi State this year. A lot of snaps under his belt, had varying levels of success. 
He re-enters the portal after a few years at Georgia, has a COVID year available. He's headed back home to the state of Georgia to play for Georgia Tech. Will Rogers headed to Washington. Yeah, Will rated higher as a transfer than he was as a high school prospect. You may recall he was a three-star quarterback out of Brandon High School. Uh, I wish Will the best. Glad that uh, he's not going to be in the conference. Uh, but, you know, Will's a guy that did some big things here at Mississippi State. I think he was very much underappreciated at Mississippi State. Uh, wish him the best. Will James, a late addition in the 2023 class from Mississippi State, uh, ends up transferring to Southern Miss. Uh, wish him the best as well. And a, a guy that we really never got a chance to, to really know here at Mississippi State. But um, we'll now move on to be a Golden Eagle. Uh, Nakai Poole was a guy that I thought was a little bit overvalued, not in a ranking standpoint, but a lot of people within our fan base and some within our media really thought he would be a difference maker. I wasn't as crazy about the wide receiver class for 2023 as some others were. And uh, one of the reasons why is uh, Nakai Poole had a ton of offers and, um, you know, we just didn't see it. Not to say that he wouldn't have been a good player for us, but I don't think he'd have been a difference maker. Jacoby Belazar was another guy that some people projected some really big things for. He only played in a couple of games. He's in the portal, probably a G5 player. Uh, wish him the best and, again, appreciate his contribution. Simeon Price came here as a running back late. You know, as a guy that we took – uh, when South Carolina made a change out there, Steve, per Steve Spurrier got him in. He was underutilized here. And now he's going somewhere else, and uh, we don't know yet. Of course, Corey Ellington went in the portal and then withdrew from the portal. And so, again, back-to-back -back years where State has people go in and then ultimately come out. And uh, so, again, 14 outgoing transfers, 13 of them of the scholarship variety. And you look around uh, you know, college football right now, Everybody's kind of dealing with similar numbers. Of course, Mississippi State's had 10 uh, signed SEC financial aid agreements, so they're, they're bound to Mississippi State as it relates to Southeastern Conference schools, uh, but they are still recruitable athletes. It's not anything that we're overly worried about. It's, it's really just kind of a technicality of things, uh, but they did not sign a national letter of intent, so they are still recruitable athletes until till they enroll. Uh, but again, we don't expect there to be any issues with that. So that's something to kind of think about as we move forward. Because what are they going to do, go to the Big 12 or the SEC? You know, uh, you, just, you just don't see it. But, um, you know, that's where we sit today. Now, there will be other guys go into the portal as these bowl games end, and Mississippi State will begin uh, to, um, you know, to pursue them. But if you look at the outgoing transfers, a lot of people out there, they would say, well, you know, Steve, we didn't lose a lot. But, but in many respects – you know, we did. We did lose some, you know, DCAM obviously is a loss. Woody is a loss. You know, DeCarlos from a depth standpoint is a loss. Xavion's a loss. Uh, Lasoy is a loss. Will Rogers is a loss. Outside of that, you know, you lose some guys that really hadn't done a whole lot. So you can't really miss, you know, what you never really had, you know, as far as production standpoint. But everybody's dealing with this. Everybody. And uh, there's some other, you know, names out there, of course, that we're monitoring. And uh, there'll be some guys that'll visit. The first weekend in January, you know, we'll have a couple more guys from Memphis rolling here, guys with connections to Matt Barnes, and we'll see how things go. But uh, now you've got, you know, so many guys that are signed, so many guys that are committed and have signed financial aid agreements that you can kind of focus more of a group effort rather than have to recruit 45, 50 players. Now you've got a handful, 
You got to continue to monitor your 10 guys that are transfers that are currently committed and signed FA deals with us. But I suspect you're going to see business pick up here in the portal as some guys begin to go in. And I think it's another situation, too, where, you know, state does have some money to spend. I don't think state spent much money. And I think when you look at the commitments we've taken so far, uh, that kind of lends itself to that line of thinking that uh, we've got money to spend. We haven't had to spend it. And I can tell you there are a lot of people out there that have donated money. They're like, dude, let's go spend some money. Let's go get some kids. Well, everybody's got to be on the same page. You know, you can't have uh, you know, somebody out there offering deals to kids that we're not going to take, you know. And so it's important that everybody's on the same page. And I'm just going to encourage you to be patient. Uh, Jeff Labino's guys are well aware that we need to go get an edge guy and get some guys in the, in the defensive secondary. You certainly need a linebacker. I think you get Stone Blatt and you feel a little bit better about the linebacker situation. But we've got to get an edge rusher somewhere. We've got to get a difference maker that people have to game plan for. And uh, we'll continue to monitor that stuff over at jeanspage.com. Come be a part of that. Uh, join our merry band of misfits over at jeanspage.com, the Mississippi State affiliate for 247 Sports. All right, before we get out of here, I just want to say, hey, thanks for everybody that's bought the book so far. If you didn't get a copy of whenthebottomfalls.com or you're short a book in the Steve Robertson collection, you can take care of that at whenthebottomfalls.com. All my sports titles are there in addition uh, to Win the Bottom Falls. But it's been an interesting interesting book cycle so far. And uh, we did limited release because you do a short run uh, on the first run because you don't want 10,000 books out there with a mistake in it. And so we'll do some other stuff. A lot of people are saying, hey, when are you coming here? When are you coming there? That'll all happen in the month of January. We'll do some post-holiday book signings. And when baseball gets here, you know, I'm going to be committed to baseball. So we've got about six weeks. We'll get out and do some things. And uh, if, you know, if, if you want to host us, we're happy to do that. You know, we, I can connect you. You can uh, reach out to me, and uh, we'll put some things together. But uh, if you are interested in hosting a signing or carrying the book, uh, reach out to me on social media. I'll connect you with those folks, uh, and we'll get you going. You know, so whether it be on the coast or the Pine Belt or whatever, uh, there will be books in the bookstores in uh, the weeks to come. And, again, there will be some events, but it's just very difficult during baseball season for me to travel and do book signing. So we will do some things in January, and we'll see how things go. There's always you know, midweek signings, and so we'll do some game day signings here on campus or on or around campus during baseball season. But uh, I think it's always important uh, for you guys to know where to get those books. I, I, I'm inundated with messages. Hey, where can I get this new book? Uh, it's whenthebottomfalls.com, and uh, the reviews have been spectacular, and I appreciate that more than I can possibly say. Uh, but it's important, too, that uh, in the last minutes we have here together, that, uh, you know, my story is not unique, uh, especially on the struggling side of things. You know, there are a lot of people out there that don't feel like they fit, and they don't feel like that they have a group, or they don't feel like that they are, uh, you know, in unity with anybody. And it could even be their own families. And uh, there are a lot of people in my family that didn't know how I felt about a lot of things within my family until I went to treatment. And there are some things in the book that they're learning for the first time. And it's a difficult place to be somewhere where you feel a stranger within your own peer group or when you're all within your own family. And it's important to have somebody to talk to. And so I, I share that, that uh, there are many people out there that feel that way. And um, you're not alone. You know, you're not unique. In that respect, there are always people out there that maybe feel like a black sheep or just feel like, you know what, uh, I was born in the wrong family. You know, I, I don't feel that way today, but there were times in my youth that I felt like these people just don't understand me. 
And so I share that openly because I think it's important to understand that uh, we can die of terminal uniqueness. You know, we start thinking, well, nobody understands me. Nobody gets what I'm about. You know, I'm so misunderstood, you know. And uh, the thing about that is, is you, you've got to find your tribe. You do. You have to find your tribe. And whether that be through church or through a recovery program, uh, through work friends, whatever, when you find people that kind of get you, you kind of understand life a little bit better. You know, until we figure that out where we belong, we're all just kind of bozos on the bus, right? It's true. But when you find the people with which you belong, then things change. And so I encourage you to do that. Be open to change. I'm a person that has been very resistant to change at times in my life. And I can tell you that uh, the only constant in life is change. So it's important that uh, we become willing to change for the better. I hope you guys have had a great holiday season. Uh, as always, you can find Stark Villains gear at StarkVillains.com. It's always nice to see people wearing the shirts, wearing the hoodies. Uh, so if you didn't get what you wanted, maybe get one of those, right? But uh, we are a special group of people, and there are times that you know we're never all going to agree. It's true. You know, Mississippi State fans are some of the most passionate in all of college football and all college athletics. We love the Bulldogs, and sometimes we disagree about what it's be- what's best for our team. And uh, I just encourage you to be open to that and to understand that uh, none of us have the corner of the market on good ideas. It takes all of us. It does. Not just in sports, but in life. Uh, so be sure uh, that you're open to change, but also willing to open your mouth and share what you think. Even if it's irreverent at times, right? It's true. Let's get out of here. Again, abbreviated show. Be back on Wednesday. We'll give you a full show then, but until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.